I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we'll tee up the return of one of the biggest and most divisive shows on television, The Walking Dead. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. Why don't they make disaster movies as much anymore? Maybe this weekend's Geostorm will shed some light on it. Plus... We'll tell you what's coming to home video, including the war for the planet of the apes. First, it's the news... From the couch... Mattingly! I thought I told you to trim those sideburns! Go home! You're off the team! For good! Fine. I still like him better than Steinbrenner. A documentary will air on Fox this Sunday about the softball episode of The Simpsons. It's not a real documentary, though. Rather, a mockumentary. But it's from real documentarian Morgan Spurlock. It's called Springfield of Dreams. The softball episode was called Homer at the Bat. And, of course, it had that terrific song in it. Well, Mr. Burns had done it. The power plant had won it. With Roger Clemens clucking all the while. Mike Sosha's tragic illness made us smile. While Wade Boggs lay unconscious on the barroom tile, we're talking softball. If you recall, the episode has a bit near the beginning about how Homer got his bat by using his tried and true practice of holding a sheet metal over his head and hiding under the tallest tree he could find during a lightning storm. Lightning hits a tree, breaking off a branch that becomes his wonder bat. The documentary then black and white freeze frames the scene a la Ken Burns, and then this happens. As Homer stood outside his house with nothing but a highly conductive aluminum alloy to shield him from the heavens, divine intervention intervened. To be down there with sheet metal over his head and right under a big tree, not a lot of people would have done that, but what did he get out of it? Wonder Bat. Apparently some lightning hits a tree or something and suddenly Homer thinks the wood is imbued with some sort of home run magic. Everyone knows it doesn't matter which bat you use. It's just superstition. The bat doesn't matter. The bat doesn't matter. Yeah, but who are you going to believe? Them or uh, Homer? Them. Next question. Them includes Joe Buck, Wade Boggs, Steve Sachs, and Jose Canseco. The other voices there, Carl Carlson and the comic book guy. So this mock doc mixes the cartoon characters and real-life people. Obviously, those players from the episode, Joe Buck is the famous announcer. The episode was already lauded by the baseball folks earlier this year when Homer was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. A special ceremony was held at the end of May celebrating the 25th anniversary of the episode. Again, this Spurlock documentary is set to air on Sunday on Fox. It may vary time-wise from affiliate to affiliate because of football, so check your listings. We're talking softball from Maine to San Diego. Talking softball, Mattingly and Canseco. Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and his running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw. The first teaser trailer has arrived for an intriguing biopic. That was the sound of Margot Robbie putting out a cigarette with a figure skate as she portrays Tanya Harding in I, Tanya. America. They want someone to love. But they want someone to hate. Remember Tanya Harding? She was an American figure skater who at the Olympics danced to the sounds of Jurassic Park. She should be famous for being the first American woman 
to complete a triple axel in competition, but she is instead famous, of course, for orchestrating an attack on fellow Olympian Nancy Kerrigan in 1994. I, Tanya is the movie that takes a look at her life. And the haters always say, Tanya, tell the truth. Sebastian Stan plays her ex-husband Jeff Galuli, and Allison Janney plays her mom, Lavona Golden. It opens in limited release December 8th, with a wide release set for January 19th. There's no such thing as truth. I mean, it's bullshit. Galuli, the second worst Jeff of all time. Dahmer, always number one. Now, from the What the Heck file, JCVD has a new show. My name is Jean-Claude Van Damme. I used to be super famous. Jane, it's your favorite client. I'm back. JC! When I told you I was back, I did not mean JCVD. I meant Johnson. Jean-Claude Van Johnson. That's the name of the show, and like a lot of comedies, Curb Your Enthusiasm, or episodes, this upcoming Amazon show is blurring the line between fiction and reality. Here we find modern-day JCVD, a washed-up actor, maybe a little more than just an actor, though, paying a visit to his agent, played by Felicia Rashad. This isn't a game. I send you out there before you're ready. People die. No one's made to die. Except for all the people I'm going to kill. So the premise of the show is that while Jean-Claude Van Damme, the actor, was really Jean-Claude Van Damme, the actor that we all knew, he was also secretly Jean-Claude Van Johnson, the spy. And now he wants to get back to being both. JC, good news. The mission and cover job are yours. But you're going up against bloodthirsty drug runners. Yeah, I hope you're ready. Action! Daddy's home. There's the new man of the house. Cut, cut. I'm so, so sorry, man. That was the fun on the set of what looks like your standard terrible JCVD movie. Glad you can have fun with that. And then, of course, there's the real spy work. Johnson, meet Louise. Is he qualified? Vanessa. What's going on? I'm in. We gotta move. Now! Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah. One at a time, or you run into each other. It could get confusing. Go! The real-life baddies decide to act like movie henchmen and come at him one at a time instead of all at once, which, of course, will make it easier for him to defend himself. The whole thing looks like a ton of fun. I love when these action guys can, you know, have fun with their image like this. Steven Seagal's pride would never allow him to do it. JCVD is a more rounded individual and looks like he's enjoying life. Jean-Claude Van Johnson debuts on Amazon Prime December 15th. Hey, I want to buy drugs. Race me for it! I learned a trick a long time ago. When one sense is gone, the others hibernate. I don't think that applies to vision when driving. Classic Johnson. The first trailer has arrived for the first comic book movie about a black superhero. It's Black Panther. 
I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? We first met Black Panther, real name T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman in Captain America Civil War last year, and he is cool. Black Panther is set in Wakanda, a technologically advanced African nation. As you heard, Martin Freeman in that first clip talking about stuff that he had never seen. After the death of his father, T'Challa is now the king of Wakanda. My son, it is your time. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. One of the people in there was his mom, played by Angela Bassett. And the bad guy is played by Michael B. Jordan, who believes he should be king. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. Black Panther opens February 16th next year with a star-studded cast that also includes Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, who is Michonne from The Walking Dead, Forrest Whitaker, and Andy Serkis. The trailer is full of staggering visuals, but doesn't really have a whole lot of dialogue. So, here's a funny scene from Captain America Civil War, where Falcon talks to the Panther. So you like cats, Sam? What? Dude shows up just like a cat, you don't want to know more? And sticking with Marvel, Netflix has revealed the premiere date for one of its more anticipated shows in a new trailer released this week. Gentlemen, I'm the only authority you will need. I point, you shoot. Did you kill the target? What did you see? Things over there are different. What we were doing was wrong. You did what you were supposed to do, right? Now, the only person you're punishing is yourself. Well, that's what he does, because he's the Punisher. John Bernthal plays the Punisher, Frank Castle, whom we first met in season two of Daredevil, on a mission to take out the people who killed his family. This series takes place after that, but it also takes us into his past. Frank Castle? I got something I need to show you. I saw the video files. The US military turned you into a hitman, Frank. So after getting his revenge, the Punisher is now known across New York. I'm looking for Frank Castle. The Punisher? I think he knows about my case. Castle's the last witness. We can either clean this up or let him take us down. uncovers a conspiracy that runs much deeper than New York's criminal underground. Stay my way. This is not your fight. Oh, please, God, 
these bastards are gonna kill me. So where does that end, Frank? The Punishment begins on Netflix on November 17th. The world needs to see the truth. Kind of a nifty remix they had in there of Metallica. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Yeah. You don't hear Metallica's uh, background music in a lot of things. No, it, t- it took me... I, I, you're hearing that so much now with trailers, whether it's re... Like, just flat-out co- new versions of songs. Yeah. Uh, that are always often end up being like these kind of haunting sort of slow burns. Slow of jams covers. of other songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're like, why, why do I know this <laughs> melody and these lyrics? This is so familiar. And in this case, they just clearly took the song and yeah. kind of rejigged for the trailer, but it works. It sounds great. It's so. real cool. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they... I hope it's the theme song for, could they use it? They use all the other Marvel shows. They got their original music for opening credits, right? Yeah. So... But well, man, who knows? Maybe yeah. they'll secure the rights. Awesome. Metallica, they're, they'd sell it. Probably. They'll take money for anything. <laughs> as long as it's not being pirated, yeah, they'll take the cash. Up next, we'll tell you what's coming to home video. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Time now to have a look at what is coming to home video this week. And Jeff Braun, where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with The Glass Castle. If the sun don't shine. The kids are tired of moving to a new town every time you lose a job. You know, all this running around is only temporary. We just need perfect location, then we can get to work on our castle. Uh, it's a movie starring Brie Larson, Woody Harrelson, and Naomi Watts. And they play a family. Woody, there's a... It spans the generation it starts with brie larson not brie larson but a little girl and she's got a couple of brothers and sisters and woody harrelson and naomi watts are the parents and they're nomads they bounce around from town to town woody harrelson's a drunk and can't hold down a job and that's why they do that uh, i found and then it takes place as they they grow up or whatever and brie larson becomes a successful uh manhattanite um i found uh, i gave it three out of five i did see it i thought it was a little too melodramatic for a lot of the time i found woody to be a little too woody a lot of the time but his character does have uh, some surprises and they come about in an interesting way brie larson is really good she's always really good and it's also based on a true story and i was most of the time i've one of my biggest nitpicks with true stories is that the endings always suck because (laughs) most of the chapters in your life that uh come to an end they don't come to end with a hollywood ending of any sort but when you go to the movies you sort of want one otherwise it just feels weird when you leave this one had a proper ending it had a good hollywood ending don't know if the lady who wrote it rejigged her life to make it fit like that or if she just lucked out and got one but there you go so three out of five it wasn't too bad uh so it's it's definitely not a bad renter also on uh so that's going to be on what, Digital HD, I guess? Uh, that's on Digital HD on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another one that that's coming to Digital HD, which is one that I saw, was Atomic Blonde, which stars Charlize Theron. And uh, this was, she plays like a spy, kind of, right. it's... She goes around kicking butt. It's set in the 80s in Berlin after just after the walls coming down. And the action was spectacular. She looks amazing, but I found the... The story was kind of convoluted, and I just didn't care about any of the characters, including her. I just Ouch. didn't care about her because they didn't really 
it, like you didn't get to know her at all. Right. So I had no emotional investment in the film. I just found myself watching a few interesting action pieces. It looked cool, but it was lacking in substance. So, but it's worth a look. I like this new part of her career. The last couple of years, she's just been like Action Jackson with Fate of the Furious and Mad Max Fury Road. That's right. So good for her. Also, uh, Cars 3 comes out on Digital HD on Tuesday. Okay. It's the third of the Cars movies you might be interested to know. Oh, well, look at that. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, season three of Ballers, that's uh, The Rock's HBO show. Yeah, it was season three. Jess wrapped up a a few weeks ago. Uh, I think I preferred season two to season three. I can't believe that's been on three seasons already. Yeah, I know. Fast. And it's it's been renewed for a fourth season as well. Just quickly, I'll tell you what's coming to DVD and Blu-ray this week. War for the Planet of the Apes. That's a good one. You can also buy the whole trilogy, and I would definitely recommend that. That's going to be a good Christmas gift for me, if anyone's listening that might want to buy me something. Annabelle Creation is out. That's the sequel, prequel, follow-up in the Conjuring universe. An inconvenient sequel. That's the Al Gore uh, environment thing. That nobody wanted to watch because yeah. it's a bummer. And the Emoji Movie, which oh. was a horrible uh, movie according to the critics. So there, that's what's new in home video. Up next, we're going to have a geostorm. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And of all the new movies opening this week, one is more curious than the rest, I would say. It's been a long time since we've seen a proper disaster movie, but it looks like that's what we're getting with Geostorm. Senate committee will now hear from Jacob Lawson, Climate ISS Chief Coordinator. May the record reflect that he was nearly one hour late. Yeah, sorry about that. I literally had to fly in from outer space. Gerard Butler there, playing a scientist, but not just a scientist, Brett. He is a famous ladies' man type scientist, because in Hollywood that's a thing. The president is involved. He's played by Andy Garcia. Thanks to a system of satellites, natural disasters have become a thing of the past. We can control our weather. So it's the near future and the government can use satellites to control the weather. As he said, what is literally happening is that bombs are being dropped out of the satellites to disperse the clouds and dissipate hurricanes, that sort of thing. Not sure why the bombs would have to be launched from space, but whatever. Doesn't matter. What matters is that things are about to go terribly wrong. Butler has to go back to the space station satellite thing to fix the problem. There's some human betrayal of some sort. Someone wants to destroy us all via the weather. There's potential for catastrophic weather events on a global scale. A geostorm. So it's a disaster movie. Lots of big waves and strong winds, smashing buildings down, that sort of thing. Now, these movies seem to be so much more rare than they used to be. Remember in the 90s, there was Armageddon. That was huge. And then there was the one that was sort of like a deep impact. There was Dante's Peak and the one that was sort of like a <laughs> volcano. Yep. Twister, Daylight. Remember Daylight, the Stallone one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were all the rage for a while. I mean, action in the 80s was mostly Schwarzenegger and Stallone shooting at people with guns in the 90s. That gave way to the disaster pick for action movies. And now it's mostly superhero movies, of course. There was San Andreas in 2015, a big-time disaster movie. Hasn't really been one since. And before that, I think it was probably 2012. 2012, the movie, the John Cusack movie. There was also The Day After Tomorrow in the earlier 2000s from the people that made 2012. Frankly, I think they stopped making these things because they literally, you know, destroy the earth. 
Once, <laughs> once you see whole cities get blown down by a tidal wave, where else can you really go? I mean, they hit peak destruction, and they did it so much that we just all stopped being impressed by it. Now imagine going back to 10-year-old you in the 80s and telling that kid one day all the cool movies would show whole cities being destroyed realistically and that you would be bored by it. I mean, <laughs> that 10-year-old wouldn't believe you. <laughs> Yeah. So they're sort of rare now, and I don't know that Geostorm's going to be reviving them anytime soon. It does sort of, it looks laughably bad, and that's why I want to see it this week. A good, bad movie can be so much fun. I saw Triple X 3 earlier this year. Had a blast. My buddy and I laughed all the way through it. Probably not as Vin Diesel intended, although it did have its intentional humor, and Vin the, Vin the producer is not an idiot. I don't think he intended for anyone to take that movie very seriously. Geostorm, though, looks like it takes itself quite seriously compared to Triple X. It looks like it should more likely be a TV movie, something along the lines of Sharknado. So, I don't know. Hopefully, I'll get to see it this week, and I'll let you know all about it next week. But yeah, disaster movie. Yeah, you're you're right about the fact that it, it almost is getting boring. And I I remember I saw San Andreas in theater, that, and I thought, this is impressive. Yeah. But I kind of already saw this when I watched 2012, when, yeah. when California essentially disappeared into the ocean that was in, insane and it, that movie was set on a global scale whereas san andreas was just california yeah so the scale was actually reduced although the the action was intense and it's to a point now i think as well where the novelty is gone and the cg has to be photorealistic or it takes you out of the movie. Yeah. I remember actually in San Andreas, one of the first scenes of the film, there was a a really bad visual effect, a CG oh, effect. Really? It was a transition. I think there was a car that was uh, perched, like it was about to fall off a cliff or some crap like that. And when the car finally did tumble, it just looked super fake. Right. And whereas... You made a comment uh, re- recently where you said this would have looked like the best movie in 1996. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was Geostorm. It was. Yeah, it was, it was, we were doing the October movie preview. I yeah. said that about Geostorm. So, like in the 1990s, when CG was just coming up, I mean, the first big CG movie was really Terminator 2: Judgment Day. So when fi- yeah, that was all 90- with the molten yeah guy or whatever yeah. So and that was just five years removed from movies like Independence Day, movies like Twister. When Twister came out, I was so insane excited about Same this because it was like, oh my god, they can make tornadoes look real. Yeah, and but it's weird though. Like the one thing that the image that sticks with me the most from Twister is the one thing that was probably wasn't fake at all. It was a real effect, and that was that, that tire, that lone tire bouncing down the road. Remember that? It's in the trailer. Uh, I, every time someone says Twister, all I think is of that tire coming out of the really? tornado. Yep. Okay. The tornado throws his tire out of it, and it's boom, boom, boom. Like, what? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and it's it, Twister, when I go back and watch it, it's such a corny movie, but I just yeah. have so much fun watching it. And, you know, Van Halen has that Humans Being song, which they worked into the actual score of the film. So I love Twister, and I loved Independence Day, watching them blow up the White House and all these other buildings. Yeah. It's just so neat. Now, I mean, Roland Emmerich is responsible for many of these movies, right? Yeah. He did uh, Independence Day 2012. Uh, the day after tomorrow is that what I called it? Yeah. So it's called the Gyllenhaal one, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, and that one, what a whole city just freezes. Yeah. The ice age hits in moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, part of the problem too is the I think another reason why they don't make them is because generally speaking, 
most of these movies are really dumb. Like The Day After Tomorrow was dumb. Yeah. 2012. Like they all have such thin premises and they create, especially Roland Emmerich, he always, he's kind of like a Michael Bay sort of guy where there's too much backstory and there are too many characters and there's a lot of dumb humor. But they both have that one good one. Like Independence Day or The Rock or even Armageddon or whatever. Yeah. And then they've got the license to do whatever they want so long as they keep making money. Yeah. And they throw it all into effects and don't throw any of it into like hiring a quality writer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Then when you think back to uh, like the like previous decades, you know, there was The Towering Inferno in 1974 and uh, of Poseidon course The, the Poseidon. Yeah. yeah. Earthquake. I mean, so there was... There was this kind of precursor series of disaster movies, and then in the 90s, it was the CG craze led to all sorts of new disaster movies. But now, yeah, I think they, well, if there was another movie, I think it was called Into the Storm. Um, yeah. yeah, and even like it's affecting the superhero movies, like the Avengers Age of Ultron, they, what, uh, they lift that whole city up, including, you know, half a mile worth of Earth. That's right. And I was just like, I just... Couldn't have been less impressed visually by that. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. I'd rather just watch, you know, the Hulk smash somebody. But I like watching them fight. But this uh, Iron Man lifts his whole thing up into the air. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. We've, I think we, we really have just gotten to a point where we've mostly seen it all. Yeah. And that's why the, the novelty of these disaster movies wears off because people now see through. The, before, the bells and whistles were enough to keep us entertained and yep. where we could ignore the dumb story. Yeah. And now, now you need the story, which is good for movies overall as it forces them to do stuff like that. Or else they end up as a TV movie like Sharknado, yeah. where it's like, this is it's a stupid, really stupid story, but uh, we're just going to throw a little bit of TV money at it, not $200 million worth of feature film money at it. Yeah. And then those movies know that they're bad. Yeah. And then, it's, and then it becomes an event. because, Like, I used to watch those Sharknado yeah. movies with my buddy. Well, and they also had the original. They, they were... <laughs> They were dumb, but they were original because no one had ever thought of putting sharks inside a tornado before. Yeah. It was so stupid. It's awesome. I love it. (laughs) Up next, we're going to tell you about The Walking Dead. Season 8 begins. And we're going to say goodbye to a Canadian comedy, I don't know if you want to use the word icon, but he certainly was uh, was a gift. Mr. Leahy from Trailer Park Boys is gone and... uh, we enjoyed looking back at his career. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Season 8 of a show that I used to love makes its debut this Sunday. AMC's zombie apocalypse show, The Walking Dead. I hope you got your shit pants on. What? You're wearing them right now. Because you are about to shit your pants. <laughs> I forgot how dumb that dialogue Genius. is. <laughs> Who has pants specifically for that? No. What a stupid line of dialogue. If you are not familiar with The Walking Dead, it's based on a series of comic books. It takes place in a post- Zombie apocalypse world, focusing on a small group of main characters as they try to survive and find a way to thrive in what's left of the world, all while trying to avoid zombies and stuff. Season 6 ended with them getting captured by the villain, whose name is Negan, and his nefarious group 
known as the Saviors, and it led to a particularly brutal scene to start Season 7 involving a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. I don't know if you're a fan of the show. I used to be a big fan of the show. Like I said, I used to love it, but it almost lost me last season. It's a show that was once upon a time the biggest show on TV, but its antics did chase a few people away in Season 7 because it just was not fun to watch. I mean, it's okay to be dark. That's great. If you can tell a good dark story, that's wonderful. But Season 7 was... 16 episodes of mostly just constant punishment for all of the main characters and thus punishment for you, the person watching the show. But the season did end on a hopeful note and everyone is promising season eight will be more fun. No matter what comes next, we've won. We've already won. See? Fun! They're playing rock and roll music in the trailer! Now, I read an article in Entertainment Weekly about Walking Dead, and the author of that article says, The joy on display on set is impossible to not only see, but impossible to resist. The actors all say that season seven was hard. In fact, many of them actually complained about it quite vocally. And they all say that they just can't believe the pace at which this season moves as it heads into a fan-favorite arc of the comic books, which is called All Out War, in which our heroes are facing Negan and the Saviors. And one of the actors described the season like diehard in terms of the action on display. Another one said there's like 10, ac- 10 explosions an episode and adds, there hasn't been this much action on TV since the A-Team. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team. Such a great theme song. Oh, it's amazing. No one ever got... There is so much gunfire on the A-Team, but I don't think anybody ever got shot. Nope, and and they would always get thrown, tossed in the air. Yes! Tossed in the air doing somersaults and land and never get hurt. <laughs> I, honest to God, I wonder if I've ever had more fun doing anything in my life than I had when I was a kid watching the A-Team. I know. Like that. I, there are other shows I liked when I was a kid, but... I don't think I've ever liked anything as much as I used to like that A-Team. I know, everybody loved that the A-Team in the 80s. Uh, season 8 of The Walking Dead, by the way, begins with the 100th episode of the series. And this promise that the show is going to be more fun. I I mean, I know, Jeff, you don't watch it because no. it's scary and it's super gross. Yuck. Super gross. Like the, the beginning scene of Season 7. Oh, I, I know the scene to which you refer. Yeah. I've not seen it, but I've heard many... People with much stronger stomachs than me uh, complain about it. Yeah, I think if you were to watch it, your your organs might actually just shut down. <laughs> it's it's really it was hard to watch. An eyeball is featured prominently, right? Indeed. Yes. There is a, there is an eyeball. Yeah, I'll have nightmares about that, and I've never even seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not pleasant. It was meant, and it look it was meant to be horrifying. I'm not uh, one of the those who was unhappy with that level of violence that was on display. I actually, I defend it. I think that it was important because we needed to understand just how bad their situation was. And in this case, they decided to show the violence. Yeah. They put us right there and it was it was truly terrifying. still got to have fun. Well, and, and that's, so hopefully season eight can, because I mean, I liked the show at the beginning because it was, it was dark, but it was fun, and now that's what they're promising. So cool. I look forward to that. Also, another big, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, Canadiana this week, we, we would be if we didn't say, yeah. uh, you know, Gord Downey 
uh, died of, of the age of 53 from brain cancer. But uh, we also we wanted to focus uh, because in the the couch potatoes world, uh, we wanted to focus instead on the loss of John Dunsworth, 71 year old John Dunsworth, who is known, of course, for playing Mr. Leahy on the Trailer Park Boys. You idiots have loaded up a hair trigger, double barrel machine gun, and the barrel's pointed straight at your own heads. So, like the barrel of the gun's bent back? Let's go, Randy. Julian! I don't know where I felt like it. Get a little drink, right? <laughs> Here, do you, bud? They started off as tiny little sh** larva, Randy. And then they grew into sh** pillars. A pandemic of sh** pillars. And now... Sh** moth, Randy. Every f***ing one of them. Sh** moths. Mr. Lee, is this you talking or the liquor? Randy. Oh my God! I spent so much time. I wasted. I don't want to say wasted. I uh, but I spent forty five minutes at work just watching YouTube. Clips of him. Yeah, watching YouTube oh, videos. And I, uh, I don't think I don't think anyone has ever played a drunken buffoon better than him. Oh, and he escalated it with each season. Like your thought, there's how much further could he take us? And he'd always find another level. It, it truly was genius, you know, and his character was so tragic because of that. I mean, yeah, alcoholism be... is terrible, <laughs> yeah. but you, when Leahy was sober, you were pulling for him to get drunk again. <laughs> That's true. Because he was so good at it. <laughs> and listening to the way that he... He's a poet with the S word. And, and beyond that, they would, him and uh, the guy that played Randy, they would tour around the country doing their little act. Together, like, and they, just this last year they went, did a round, and, and they just, you know, go to bars or whatever and, and be in character and stuff, and it just endeared people to him all the more. Yeah, so uh, sad to see him go. He gave us so much joy over the years, and now I, I want to go back and watch all of Trailer Park Boys again just to enjoy John Dunsworth dead at the age of 71. That's all the time we have. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.